You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Nineteen thirty-five, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. It is game time. Game time, Jamie. Detroit, City of Champions. Uh, Just really excited about today. We're uh, doing the podcast. I'm really excited about today. We were alluding to it all the whole show last time. We were alluding to it. I'm really excited. That is. So Detroit, City of Champions. It's a trilogy of books written by... Charles Avison. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Just uh, just enjoying the ride and listening to stories. And Charles has been sharing some stories with me about people he's met along the way. And and you have like a special uh, appendix called... Uh, Tales of a Traveling Storyteller. Tales of a Traveling Storyteller, and in that he tells he talks about some amazing, fascinating, and wonderful people that he's met as as he he, he gathered this story. Well, people yeah, that motivated that, and inspired him to tell well, the story. Just bringing the story back was, I mean, it was such. I mean, like just you know the the road, like going to doing art shows and yeah. doing different things. Um, you know, there's been so many. Like what I came to realize early on in the project was this because the story was so forgotten. That like that part of the story of the city of champions, you know, like this, there's the city of champions that happened back in 1935. Yeah. But then there's also like the modern day effort to bring the story back. And so it's, this is a, this is a story. This is a timeline of the city of champions story, which extends from 1935, from 34, 35, all the way through today. Yeah. And, and everyone that is part of it, that's what's in it for everybody that's yeah. listening, for everybody that tells somebody about yes. this, for everybody that does anything regarding the city of champions story. You are part of the larger story of this effort of bringing back the greatest season to ever take place in the history of American sport. And today, one of those people that is is really important in, in having captured so just some amazing, incredibly important. Incredibly uh, I, we have the honor uh, having on the show with us today, Tom. Tom Eric. Tom Thanks Eric. for being with it's us, my buddy. Well, yeah. thank you for having me. Uh, listening to Charles brings back a lot of memories because when I was a young boy. Uh, growing up, my father always told me about the City of Champions, and I really didn't know just who they all encompassed and just how big it was. And Dad said, well, there was the Lions, Tigers, and Red Wings, but there was Walter Hagen, but, but the rest. And Charles has put this all together yeah. to, to 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 never forget just what happened on the City of Champions. Yeah, 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 yeah. and I'll introduce Tom just a little bit more, too, is that Tom, I, and I, I, dude, Tom, I was thinking about it today, I forgot how it was that you and I met. Like, I, I, I'm really, like, I'm trying to remember exactly what, where we met, but it's because it's been so long. I've known you for 10 years. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly how I met you. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, remind me. My stockbroker was a man by the name of Mr. Bill Williams. I'm okay. listening. Uh, in years, and it just so happened that he went to the 1935 championship game. Huh? It witnessed okay. it. Okay. And I told him that I interviewed the 1935. Which one? The Tigers? No, the Lions. The li- oh, really? The, 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 the game. He went the to, game. You know, the, oh, we're yeah. talking about football. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. So he the went, game, he, Tom. He went, that's all you got to say. But you got to listen to this. Yeah, yeah. So he, he went to the game, and he saw the game, and his favorite player was Ernie Cadell. Yeah. He was number one. Yep. And he said that he he and his mother were were kind of poor. You got to remember, this was the Great Depression. There sure. was lines as long as you could see. So his mother bought him an, a, an old shirt, and they put a one on it. Nice. And, and, and he went to school as Ernie Cadell. That's awesome. And 
I gave him the tape that you have, the video, and when he heard Ernie Cadell's voice, his son, who was also working at the stock exchange, said his dad cried. Really? Because he... All of those years, he was Ernie Cadell. He was in the Korean War, and he always talked about the 1935 yeah, yeah. World Championship. So, so basically, he's like he's like the you know like they nowadays they sell jerseys for players. He's making his own back then because they couldn't even really buy them. His mother made him and put a one on a jersey. That's so cool. And yeah. he went to school, and he was Ernie Cadell. And when he heard his voice on the tape or on the show. Uh, his son, uh, Junior, told me that he cried. Oh, and he, so I gave cool, him yeah. a shirt, uh, and he wore it till the day he died. Really? The uh, City of Champions. So, yeah, well, so how, I just, so, so how, so I, did I meet him at a show and then no, you and I connected? I was, was in, yeah. I, w- I was in his office, and believe it or not, he had your book. Oh, okay. Uh, and, <laughs> and I called Avidson, and I called first to your father, because I didn't know where it was. Okay. Your father gave me your telephone number, and that's how we met. Yeah, because I, I, I remember when we met, it was that we met at, a, I think it was a little, uh, it was like a, it was like a, a restaurant. Um, in yeah, a restaurant. It was like a Coney Island. Me and you were hanging out. Yeah, yep. And I remember hunt. when I first met you, it was like the first year I was doing this. I mean, this is back in like 2008. Right. And I remember it was like, like, I mean, I found like the first person that I could, that really could connect with because, you know, me, I was, I was bit by the city of champions bug. And so were you. <laughs> and it was evident from the very first day. You were like, Tom was like, you know, we were both like kind of crackheads for it. Well, that was at the Holiday Inn in Dearborn, Michigan. And yeah. I, if you remember, I gave you some material that Dave yeah. Kushner got and we exchanged. Sure. And, and, we've, been, stuff, yeah. and we've been friends. Ever we've been friends ever, ever since. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, like, I look every time, every once in a while you pop up into these, you know, the different stores I'm in, these, in, we call it. It's the Inspire Markets out at uh, Laurel Park in Twelve Oaks. If anybody wants to come and come and see me, I'm in there. We talk City of Champions all day, and you can also buy some stuff too. But <laughs> but uh, Tom pops in there every once in a while, and every time when you walk through the door, Tom, it just whatever I'm doing, it's like I'm really excited to see you. And there's really been, I mean, you've been such a major supporter of like this. I mean, it's been it's it, your friendship with you has been fantastic, and I've just and I've you know you're just a, I'm really excited to bring you out here and. Um, because you've got some really great stuff to, oh. to tell the world. And I can't like, wh- this is, and I just to let the viewer, you know, the listener and the viewer, um, know, I'm hoping to, you know, to, to do like, you know, two, three, potentially even four episodes with Tom, if we can get him in here for this, because we've got a ton of stuff to so, talk about. Absolutely. So take, take your time, tell yes. us your stories. Cause, yeah. uh, we so want, let me just, we want to hear it all. What, what do yeah, we want? Let me just prime the pump just yeah. a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So one of the so what was the the man that's in here Tom Urich um th- so this is I'm just going to tell just a little bit over because I want you to tell the entire story okay um so th- so th- there was a, so in 1985 there was a 50th anniversary of the Detroit Lions first NFL championship and it was called the Golden Huddle and so Tom it, Tom was there okay and not only was Tom there but he made recordings. Well, you told with me these he guys. was kind of he kind of yeah. helped facilitate and get that ball yeah, rolling. Yeah, that's what Tom, Tom's going to get the story going. But I just want to like give a little bit over here. But Tom was there, and not only was he there, but he like I mean, he made a series of interviews, which we actually have in our possession. And we we're gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna get that get into that too deep on this episode. That's why I want to bring him back. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. We're gonna you know, this episode. I want to talk about how this entire party came about because the story itself is fascinating. And but but and talk about how. Um, uh, like I say, like Tom was Tom. It wasn't just the the interviews that he did, which are right. fascinating, which I actually use a lot of in this book, in my third book. Um, 
Uh, but it was, but he actually like literally talked to these guys for like three hours right. that are not on tape. And that's what I want to try to drag out of his brain. Cause sure. he's got some fantastic stories. Well, can I go back to my beginning in 1957? Bring it out. Okay. Bring Tom, it out. Tom, Tom, tell me about your childhood. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you got the psychologist <laughs> in, in, here. Yeah. in 1957, um, a neighbor of mine or a high school friend of mine called and he said, George Hallis, that was his last year with the bears oh. as a coach. And so I ran over, and I just caught him, and he was going out the door to the car. And I yelled out, George Hallis, Mr. Hallis, who was the greatest quarterback you ever saw play in your career? And he said, Dutch Clark Portsmouth. That's wow. all That's all he said. I went back home, and my dad said, did you see George? I said, yeah, and I asked him who was the greatest quarterback, and he said, Dutch Clark. I said, but he said Portsmouth. And I, I said, Dad, do you know anything about Dutch Clark? He says, I think. He played for the Lions. But in 1957, we didn't have an internet. We had nothing. Sure. In 1963, I, we had a furniture store in Dearborn and one of our customers came in and who played with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he took me down to see Bobby Lane play an exhibition game. And I was called upstairs to the press box and I sat with Art Rooney, who was with the Steelers at the time. And I asked him the same question. Who was the greatest quarterback you had ever saw? And he said, Portsmouth, Dutch Clark, Detroit. Then in 1985, what an honor to sit down with the actual players that played with him. Yes, what, yeah. What, what's the chances of that? Well, it's incredible. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, to the, you know, George House, we've mentioned him on the show a couple times already, and especially his rivalry with, um, you know, with Potsy Clark. Yep. And so, uh, and so the fact that, the fact that George Hallis, would down the road say that, you know, claim Dutch Clark to be, you know, the best quarterback ever is because yep. he, and because, because, uh, Hallis had some great quarterbacks along the way too. So for him to, you know, for him to actually, you know, to go back and talk about his rival like that, you know, to bring out Dutch and say he's the man. I mean, that's, it's an, anecdote. that's an honor. Well, uh, not only that, incredible. You know, yeah. And I yeah. thought Hallis for sure would say maybe Bobby Lane, but he was playing the Lions the next day and I don't think he, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think he wanted to bring no, up. No, no, uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would have thought there's, I mean, but the, but the Bears had a, had tons of great quarterbacks. Um, I mean, they had a, they had a whole, I mean, Hallis was the, was the coach that was a coach and owner of that team for 40 years. Oh, yeah. Run, that's uh, what Red, saying. Red so Range it, played for that team. That's Rockland, what I'm saying. There's Rockland so many guys. Yeah. yeah. There's so many guys that he could have, you know, listed. Yeah. So for him to say Dutch Clark, I mean, my God. It's so like, it's, let me, then I'll tell you how I got to the Golden Huddle. Yeah. Uh, I, so, I the, for, so that was the name of the 50th year anniversary yes, of the Golden Huddle. I yeah. got it. The, the picture yeah. of the, of Ben here in my book. Uh, but anyway, Anyway, uh, I volunteered to work for a little sports uh, shop that uh, took people on travels to, like, the Chicago. to, to what, It's 84, the Tigers, you know, when the sure, World, World Series. Series yeah. And this little sports shop started up. So I volunteered, and my time was I would get to go on a ride, you know, for my pay. But a lady, a lady walked in, and that's uh, she was selling from W Car uh, Advertising, and she asked me if I'd like to do sports, and I said yes. And that's how I got into radio. And then I was reading the paper that Detroit City of Champions in 1985 was honoring the, the championship. And I thought our little travel service, boy, that would be an opportunity. We could have a little uh, booth there to promote our travel service and also represent the 1930 or 35 World Championship. Sure. We had tremendous players that came. Bill Lambert came. 
Leon Spinks came to the champion. Did you set it up for like a? It was like at Westland Mall or something. At, at like Westland Mall. So, so, what, yeah. so you set up like a? It was like a setup a, a, with a, a booth, a big booth little, at the at Westland at, Mall for set up. us to sell travel tickets to get people to know. Sure. But in the meantime, we were sponsoring the 1935. Yeah. Team. So, th- so that was the theme of the of the and thing at Westland. Mall. A lot Mall. of the yeah. athletes came in. Leon Spinks had, had just beaten Ali. He mm. came to honor it. Uh, Ferguson Jenkins came in. Uh, some of the great stars, Kaline uh, came in. But the only one that came in uh, to represent the 1935 City of Champions was Aide Kushner. Yeah. Ah. And Aide was the uh, was the trainer and, and started the 1934 Lions. He moved them from Portsmouth up to Detroit. Take a look at that, huh? That picture, oh, Abe Kushner. Oh, there, there. there he is, right yeah, there. there what, is. what? What a minute! He gave the largest donation that Canton had ever seen. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he introduced me, and he said he was so honored that it was my idea to represent the 1935 World Champions that he personally invited me to the Golden Huddle. Oh, he said, "Tom, come early, about four o'clock. The dinner starts at six. I want you to interview the players." that actually were in Portsmouth and the Detroit Lions. Mm. In 1934, Detroit had two teams, the Spartans, and they had they were 15 players short to, to build a team. And the story that they told me was unbelievable. Yeah. So what Tom's saying is, so what he's alluding to, and this is yeah. what actually I, I, like, I wish I would have had this conversation before, you know, I even did the third book because there's some, this is information that this, what you're about to hear, it's, it's not in my book. You need another annex. It's not in my, yeah, I mean, an appendix. Yeah. That's, um, but, but what Tom's talking about is, is that it, what, and what the story that we're about to talk about now is, is what Tom talked with these guys about. Um, their firsthand experiences about moving from Portsmouth to Detroit and their hurdles that they had overcome, the obstacles they had overcome. And it's, and it's, and it, we, we talked about the, the, the transition between 34 and 35, this right. big, uh, vet, you know, the uh, varsity versus all star. I'm sorry, varsity versus freshman game. And then Potsy turned over this roster with, uh, well, I, I got to look at my notes. Was it nine new guys or whatever for the, for, for the, for the 1935 season? But in 30, but going into 34, it was a, there was another roster transition. And I didn't, like, I didn't know this. I guess oh. I didn't dive into it too deeply. But this is what Tom is to talk about is how when they left Portsmouth at the end of 1933, and they were joined because to become the Detroit Lions. Yeah. They came to Detroit, and they only had half a team. And that's what the story Tom's about well, to tell right now. When I was introduced, when Aid took me to the reunion, and I was there, there was two tables. Mm-hmm. The one table, number one, was where the actual Spartans sat. The original Spartans, original Spartans that uh, played in Portsmouth. that played in Portsmouth. I ran in that field, and the other table was the Lions recruit. There was nine rookies on that team. I yeah, did, wow. I did. I did my research. And the players, their last game was December the 3rd, the Portsmouth Spartans, 1933. That was their last game. They, they knew it. There was nobody in the stands. It, it was over. Uh-huh. So they knew it was over. And then the players are saying, where are we going to go? And then Dick Richards came in, who owned WJR. WJR yep. right, right. And, and he purchased the team. And I've got the exact figure, $7,979.08 he paid to, to liquidate all of the uh, indebtedness of, of Portsmouth. But now the players thought, why? Well, he's going to take the whole team. We're all going to Detroit. Hey, yeah. Yeah. you're going you to know, Disneyland. The, the whole you're going but, to Disneyland. But you got to remember also Dutch Clark was not on that team in 33. Right, right. He was the, he was a coach at the Colorado School of Mines. Sure. Yeah. And, and yep. he left in, in 1932. Yeah. He retired because they could, yeah, yeah. Yes. They couldn't afford it. So, so the, 
So all of the team, the Portsmouth players, are telling me that they were so happy that they're all going to be as one as a team. Yeah. They're all coming together. Yeah. Right? Nope. Be like us. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, we're all a team. We're going to Detroit. Nope. Didn't, didn't work that way. Ah. The word, the word came out that they were only going to take 14, 12, Ooh. 12 were going, and the other 14 were, were going to be left behind. Ah. And that, uh, that really stirred a lot of, a lot of headaches. It was mm. very emotional. I mean, they, some of these players had been together like a team in Portsmouth. The players, I've been there twice. They, 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 the team, the city loved those players. Oh, they're, yeah. It's, they still, I've been down to Portsmouth myself and that Portsmouth Spartans team. Is like, I mean, it is revered to this day. They take they, the stadium, the stadium, Jamie. Yeah. It's like they, it's like they never left the stadium. They, they, last year they did a, um, they did a, uh, like a, a fundraiser because they had to repair some part of the building. Man, this stadium has been like, it's like in the same shape as when the Portsmouth Spartans wow. left in 1930, at the end of 1933. It's incredible. The I, stadium is beautiful. Yeah. It, and I highly recommend that the people that are listening, if you ever go to, Portsmouth. Yeah. Go there it. to that stadium and I'm going to give a little plug. Yeah. If you go to the River Restaurant, all pictures of the Portsmouth apartment oh. and all of the Lions. Yeah. Uh, and when I was there, I saw the waitress. I, you know, I interviewed him. Uh, they didn't, uh, they didn't believe it. Uh, but when you're 80 years old, I guess they, I guess they had And they have a beautiful it. little baseball field right next to the Branch football Ricky. stadium. Branch, and the stadium's called Branch Ricky Field. Branch okay. Ricky is, is one of like the greatest general managers in baseball history. Um, he's the guy that brought in Jackie Robinson and broke the color barrier in baseball. But the stadium's called Branch Ricky Field because he played, you know, in that, in that area. And Branch Ricky was one of the driving forces. With getting, it was built during the, um, during the, uh, the, uh, uh, during the uh, Great Depression. Like the, and it was built in 1935. It was built right after the Spartans left. And the, and that stadium was built by the CCC, which is like they use the, you know, like um, all these. There's a ton of stadiums from around the country that were built by these, you know, the Civilian Conservation Corps. Oh, okay. Um, to you know, like this. And so, anyways, and so that's that baseball field is beautiful too. And it's like still, and it's it's also in a nice little shape and condition. And the setting, you're overlooking it's a beautiful the Ohio spot. River right into Kentucky. Uh, it's yeah, beautiful. it's a beautiful. The flames spot. of the Ohio. Yeah, River. Anybody gets out to Portsmouth, it is absolutely worth your but time. But we're getting man. back now to the. 25 players <laughs> in Portsmouth that are yeah. think that the team is thinking they're going to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wishful thinking didn't yeah. work out. Then the word, and the players really didn't know. I think they were notified by letters mm. written that who was going to go and who wasn't going to go. There wasn't a red tag and, hanging and, in their locker. No, and they <laughs> left their friends, but breaking up from Portsmouth, you know, those players had to go. And they had, coming to Detroit, they needed new medical. Sure. They didn't know where they were going to play. They asked Richards where the he he didn't have a a, a team to play or a, a stadium. To play. <laughs> David Field turned him down. Right. Uh, well, of course it, they're it, not Tigers. The Tigers in the middle of the well, 1934 but, incredible season. Uh, <laughs> Frank Navin is not letting. Hey, can we uh, scrub scramble around rate, on your third-rate NFL team? Going to come up and tear up his beautiful Navin Field grass? That is not happening in Detroit. Well, they're they, having the greatest season <laughs> they've ever had, drawing almost a million fans in 1934. They're like, they're going to come out there and they're going to have the infield all torn up by a bunch of guys. They're, that ain't happening. Well, that was a, then, yeah, that was then never they happened. then they went out. Uh, Richards went out to uh, Ann Arbor and the big house. Uh, was it the big house in '34? They they turned him down. Yeah, and all of a sudden, U of D uh, Titan Stadium uh, brought him in, and I found out that they trained the Lions trained at Cranbrook. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we were talking and, about and, that last year. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So consequently, but here's the players now. 
you got to realize that this team has been together. There's only 11 going since to 31. Detroit in, in 33. They're on their way to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, but they've been together the, since the Lions, brought them all in, in 31. Yeah. I found out, I was doing a little research, the Lions, Vic Richards signed the contract to become an NFL team on June 30th, 1934. Okay. Mm. And from what I, I was called, I called Canton and in those days, you couldn't tamper with players' contracts until you were absolutely a registered. You had the certificate. I'm a Detroit Lion. Yeah. Well. So then that meant that Richards, half a team short, had to go out and get 11 or 12 brand new players to come in fresh. They had no draft. The draft started mm. in 1936 36, by, Bert, yeah. by, by Bert Bell. He, yep. he was, matter, matter of fact, I was at, a game when they played the, when, uh, they honored Burt Bell in Detroit and we stood for his habitat in 1956. Mm. I've been a Lions fan since 1950. <laughs> so anyway, so here they are and these players are all one team from Portsmouth. Half of them are down there. They're going to Detroit. Who am I going to play with? Yeah. You know, yeah. who? who? But at the same time, in Potsy, they got to trust because Potsy was the one that brought all them in, too. Well, because he kind of did Potsy that when he took over. was the one that brought them but in, too. Charles, here's my answer, my question on Potsy. Did he recruit the – how did he know these players? Because, you know, these were all college he's a, kids from – He's a scout, man. Potsy was – that's what we talk about, the genius of Potsy Clark. In 1931, in 1931, because he took over the Portsmouth Spartans in 1931. It was his first year. He flipped – he brought in 19 new guys. 1930, the Spartans were dreadful, and they brought in Potsy in 31. Yeah. He brought in 19 new guys. When he came to Detroit, when he came in 1934, it was, it was I think we said it was uh, nine of the guys were still with them when yeah. he came to Detroit, yeah. and it was like five of them were still there when they won the 35 championship. Right. And so that's what I'm saying is that is that and they've over and now this is another overhaul that we haven't even talked about really until I mean, recently talking to you. I didn't even know, but this is a th- this is a third overhaul from 30. How many years is that 31? 32, 33, 34, 35, five years. This is the third major team overhaul that we're talking about with Potsy. Right. The first one when he first took over the team, 19 new guys. The second one when he comes to Detroit, now we're talking about you know 13 new guys. Is that was How many guys got left behind? 13, 14? Yeah, was left, left in Portsmouth. Yeah, so that's the 13 guys that he's got to bring in for the for the 34 team. And then going into, into, uh, into 35, nine new guys. Whew. I mean, this is for a 25-man roster. That's what I'm saying. Potsy knows what he's doing. You know, but he kept his core stars in place. So was that Dutch, common for the time, though? Were other teams I don't know. turning over to like that? To be honest, I don't know, but it's a hell of a thing, man. Yeah. To well, stay not, competitive oh, yeah. by overturning your roster constantly yeah. is a big deal. So when, when I was at the reunion, uh, like I said, Abe Kushner took me to the table, and there was the, the three Spartans that I talked to were Glenn Prisnell, Ox Emerson, and Ernie Cadell. Those three players were the only ones left that played in Portsmouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but you were and, saying they were sitting at two different tables. There was like a click. Number, there was like the original game, the, the original they, OGs, he, yes. and then there was like the modern. The the other, they're player. Like, oh, these guys. They were they were the new guys. <laughs> they came around in 1934. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, going, here it is, 80 or 50 years later. They're going. Those are the new guys, you know. Like, <laughs> and that's exactly the way it was. Yeah, uh, there was like a click. Yeah. Like I say, Aid Kushner took me in, and he wanted me. He took me to the table to interview the Lions or to talk to him. 
But his real purpose was to get me to table one to talk to the Portsmouth players. Yeah. And two of those players played in the very first game, the 1932 World Championship in, oh, in yeah. Chicago oh, under yeah. the roof. And just yeah, to touch yeah. base for the under viewers the that roof. maybe joined us a little bit late, Abe Kushner was the, was the trainer of the Lions. And he's the one that brought Tom, which is our guest here, Tom Urich, to, um, the, the gold, he invited him to the golden huddle, which was the 50th anniversary of the Lions first championship. Right. And, and, and I just want to let you know, I'm not sure if I told you this or not. But uh, I met his Abe Kutcher's son, Stephen, and that's the photos that we have that we put up on the screen. The one with the with the chest, Jamie you got yep, the. Uh, there. So he's got that the chest right there, where it says uh, Abby Kushner, uh, Lions trainer. That is now in the the NFL Hall of Fame. Mm. That is on. I'm not sure if it's on display yet, but he but Stephen Kushner donated that, and Stephen Kushner was an absolute gem for this. He 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 gave me. He was able because he had he had I I met him like a week after he donated that trunk. And all of his, all the stuff from inside the trunk to the NFL Hall of Fame. Yep. And so he had, but Abe Kushner also had the unpublished archives. He had like unpublished, uh, like a um, story of his own. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. So it was an unpublished recollections of Abe Kushner. Um, it was an um, so he Abe Kushner had taken a bunch of notes regarding the story of this season. And so, anyways, uh, it was in that trunk. And so. His son Stephen had just donated the trunk to the NFL Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. And I was like. You know what was in it? I want to go see it. You know, yeah, it was just yeah. like a week after. I go, man, I wish I would have met you like a week before. <laughs> so, I, but so, anyways, once so, anyways, he says, um, and so he goes, oh, well, you know, my father had some recollections, and I'm like, that's the one thing I want. You know, I want to read about Abe Kushner's recollections because, especially after talking to you and about how he was like, you know, he was Abe Kushner was such a driving force for you to go to this, you know, to the Golden Huddle. Um, and so he was able to get for me a copy back from the Hall of Fame because I tried to call the Hall of Fame myself and they were like, oh, we're, you know, we're too busy to dig in to find him. Like he just donated a week ago and they're like, oh, we don't know really where it's at or whatever. But the, the, those recollections were fantastic. That's the picture of Aid Kushner yeah. at, at the reunion in, in, uh, 1985. I'll get it. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it. That's that's and that's there this we go. Is, so Jamie's got yeah. This is a picture Tom just gave us. Just shows and that's, yeah. And that's that's a, at the that's at the Golden Huddle. No, that was at the Westland Mall. That was at the Westland Mall. That was or pre Golden Huddle. Yeah, that was, and that's where I was invited to go to the Golden Huddle. Yeah, there he is. And he was. I'll tell you, he was the nicest man you'd ever want to meet. Yep. He did. He did all of the ball lettering for the. Oh, he did for all the after the the, the game ball also, where it talked about the score. And also on it, that he was yeah. he was the personal trainer for one year of Dutch Clark. Oh, really? Okay. And he told me stories on Dutch Clark you can't believe over the years. Well, that's where, yeah, that's where he, we wanted. He, he died in 1987. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. And, so I'm just what, saying, like, I met Steve, his son, and his son was absolutely fantastic. Helped me get some of the information. I, I never, stuff. I yeah. never met his son. Yeah, his son's real nice, and and um and so yeah, and so like I actually used. You know, you know some of the stuff from his. Um, you know, is that photo that you saw with the trunk, in the photo that you yeah. saw. That, show me. Bring up the other photo too, where he's uh, taping up his foot. Sure, yeah. That is also from. You see, see up here, Tom. See on the screen there. Yep. That we have it on the screen for those that are that can see it. Um, yeah. That's there. That's a that's a fa that's a fantastic photo showing um, Abe right there. There's the. Yeah. Uh, I've just <clears throat> handed to you, uh, Jamie. The that's the golden huddle. Uh, that was who was there. Okay. And at I, the event on, in and 85. if you notice, if you notice at the bottom is a picture of Dutch Clark that yeah. was not in the original program, but I went around oh, okay. Detroit 
and I found a, to the sports shops, and I was lucky enough to find a, a sports take a card screenshot of this uh, of, uh, of Dutch Clark. Because the next one, I want to uh, I want to make sure uh, we were going to have a bunch of pictures from all the people that were at the Golden Huddle, but I I hadn't. Um, now we know. Now, now we, we know exactly. So now who. we can actually go through and uh, I'll bring. I'll, we'll have photos of all these players. For so yeah, when we hear their voice, you, we'll be able to see their picture. Because yeah. we have a team photo, but this I've got some really great shots. Yeah. Of all you, these guys you can on. bring that up if you want to show the people. Yeah. yeah. So, so, all right. So, yeah, I'll yeah, bring we'll, up the. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll uh, dive into more of the exact players for the. Yeah, you want to bring it up there? There you go. Yeah. That's a copy of a yeah, copy. That's, that's, that's like the bootleg way of showing it up. Bring it down so you can see. Bring it down so you can see the names. Oh, yeah. And then. So, this. So, he's Jamie's showing you right now the names of all yep. the players that were at the Golden Huddle. Yep. This is kind of the. Next time you want to throw some out there, we can take a screenshot and do it so the fans at home can that's see That's high it. tech right there, super baby. Super crisp way instead that's... of having to, <laughs> to do the bootleg version. <laughs> but, but anyways, it hey. works. A fan at home, they forgive us for City of Champions, like man. We us. rock it old school. Yeah, we do it however. We make up the that's rules like, I feel like on. the ghoul channel, channel yeah. 56, yeah. and it's like the Oh, yeah, when they show like the end. It's got hey, a camera paper. four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they bring it up. Papers as the end. Well, anyway, I was talking to the players and they, I sat down. I didn't get much of a word in, but the players were telling me about their days at Portsmouth and the transition to Detroit. Uh, it was very tearful because mm. they were worried about the players left behind. And there was only 11 teams in the NFL at that time. And they were trying to see if they could latch on with another team. And they worried about them. They yeah. were, they were, it was a massive depression. It's either oh. they play football or they have a, uh, <laughs> Christensen always said in the Depression where they called it the empty plater, right. and the team just didn't want those players, and they worked, and they just some of them never played again. Because yeah, and that's that's a, another facet of this this amazing story is that it was such a difficult time yeah. uh, in in America. I mean, I, I we have no clue. Is, you know, we we you know lived through the seventies. There's a little bit of a recession. Well, in the and 80s, let me but, let me finish on with the Portsmouth players. When yeah, they, when they came to Detroit. They weren't accepted no. at all. No, we were, we've talked about this already and in the show. Is they that the Tigers? That, you know, and I'll have to uh, tell you a little bit of interjection here. Well, the, just real quick, the Tigers were the team in Detroit in '34. So right. the Lions, they're trying to seize on the excitement of this new. This the, 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 the Detroit is going insane for the Tigers, and so the Lions are coming in and they're being billed as like, oh, we're you know, like if they can draw some enthusiasm from the Tigers in this idea, but it basically worked against them because the Tigers were so were so popular right. that the Lions couldn't even get a mention on third page three. Right. Well, they had to win a championship just to even get a mention in the newspaper. That's the level that they were. So well, go ahead. Know, yeah, I listened to them talk, and when they got to Detroit, they weren't really accepted. Uh, Christensen told me he woke up one morning and there was a sign on his front yard that said, please go back to Portsmouth. Yeah. And you, that's a, that's a, yeah. Which that, Christensen's? Cause there was two that was, Christensen's. That was, that was Christensen's. Which one? Frank? Oh, Frank yeah, Christensen. Frank, yeah. Little, they call him, yep, they call him yep, Little Chris. Yep. The Little Chris. But he's also and the best punter on the they team. They would get crank calls. And I'm listening to this and, and, you know, at the reunion. But then I discovered, I like to interject something. I went to Portsmouth on my first trip and it was a man down there by the name of Bob Morton. And he brought in some really some dedicated collectors that had the actual programs from the very first Lions in 1934. Oh, nice. And would you believe it or not, in the back of the page of the program was every player's name, where he lived, and his telephone number. 
Oh my in goodness. the game program. So it wasn't just like a brief mention in a newspaper. That no. Maybe somebody go, oh, maybe we should have mentioned the address in this today's paper. No, it was like out for the whole season. Like, uh, hey, you want to go knock on their door? Here's their oh address. my God. Well, yeah. I couldn't believe that. But then I related back to I what they told Tate me at the lived, meeting. But, you know, I'm thinking those players, uh, you know, here's the first uh, game in 1934. They had 12,000 fans. And all they got to do is flip in the back. You know, that player had a bad year. I'm going to go. I, I won't let him in his driveway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah. It was a, it was a floating telephone book. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Oh, can we get so, Patricia's address right about now? Yeah. Do, get him. I got a case of toilet paper. We're going to have a party. Well, uh, yeah. They won't release these addresses nowadays. That's, that's out of control now. We'll go TP like crazy. Yeah. I've been following the Lions since 1950. <laughs> oh, I Did you say TD here. like crazy yeah, or TP yeah, yeah. like, TP like crazy. crazy? Oh, TP. Use your imagination. Heartbreak is not new. I got to defend my Lions. Heartbreak is not new to you, is it? But anyway, so I got them. Then the Lions alumni director at Aide turned it over to his name was Bob James, and Bob James went out and talked to some of the table two and table one. My biggest regret was that I didn't get a chance to get uh, Glenn Presnell because oh, Glenn, he's my that's my, that's my well, guy. He was yeah, in, now you're now you're in my team. See, like I love Dutch, I love um, I love Ernie Cadell. You know, Cadell is. I mean, it's tough to pick those. Guys. I love Ox Emerson. I love Tarzan Christensen, but Glenn Presnell is my guy. That's my. I'd have to say. I'd probably have to say he's my favorite line. Glenn Down in Porsche, but they call him ninety nine. You know why? No, it hit me with it because he made the ninety ninth year of his birth. He couldn't. Oh quite, yeah, he's he the oldest living quite, NFL player. Yeah, the, not now. The oldest NFL player now is a man by the name of Cy Souders. He was a lion. He's a hundred, and I knew the whole thing. Really? Knew, oh, but I, prior to his death, at one yeah. point, uh, Glenn Presnell was the now oldest Cy Souders yeah. is the oldest lion or the oldest NFL okay. player. He's a hundred. I, yeah, I know. But the at whole. one point, Presnell was he, he was ninety nine. You say but, when he did that article, he did an interview in the Free Press or whatever, and it was awesome. It and, was a great article. So after I left the table number two. I went to my CD and I sat with Jug Gerard and Jim Martin, who were 1953 world champions. But during the uh, ceremony, Glenn Presnell was not feeling well and he left. He actually picked out the colors of the Honolulu blue at yeah. GA oh. Richards' office yep. in the Fisher Building. Mm. Yep. And, That's what I mean. Yeah. Glenn Presnell was there to pick out the colors. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. And Dutch, according to what the players said, that, uh, and I, <coughs> he's, he had all these uniforms on the Fisher building with WJR. And the minute that he came to the top floor of the Fisher building, he said, that's the uniform. The golden town yeah, of the I wanna, Fisher building. I want to tell you. This that's is, why I love this, working in 96.3. Here's a little. Is, ahead, uh, yeah. We're there. We're, uh, our sister station is, is JR. So I get the privilege of working in the Fisher building, which is itself is, a, is a, just a, a monument in Detroit. It's just a, a piece of amazing piece of art. And, and I love it to walk in the hallways because my, my grandfather – uh, and then my dad and his four sisters all worked um, in the Fisher Building back in the fifties. Uh, there was a club called the Recess Club. I've heard of that. Uh, and they were they were all there. My one aunt, uh, she's ninety six now. She's ninety two, ninety six, something like that. She was a nun. Uh, she's a Dominican nun. She <laughs> taught at St. Paul's for fifty years. Now she's back at uh, the convent in Adrian. But she was the uh, elevator operator. Um, my dad and one of his sisters worked the coat check and the other girl was a cigarette. The other one was a cigarette girl, uh, at the recess club and my grandfather worked uh, maintenance. So I just, I love walking into the Fisher building cause the place is just, it's, it, it is what it was back then. And it's glorious. I just love being a part of it. And that's why I love these stories. It just takes me back to just a little cooler time. 
Do you know what the call letters were before they were WJR? No, what were they? WCX. WCX, all right. And they were in conjunction with WWJ. Right, right. One was from the news building and one was from the pre-press building. Ah, okay. And WJR started, or WCX started in 1922. So where were we now? We, yeah, no, well, I, just, I just like, we weren't I, talking about I, me enough, so I just I had to get yeah, I get a little Jamie bit of me in there a little sure. bit. All right, but I just I want to throw in a little thing about Glenn Preston about why I love the guy. All right, why, why yeah. I love the guy. We were talking about him a little bit on the last show, but I yeah. got to talk about it again. This is Tom didn't maybe didn't hear the last show. Um, is like Glenn Press now, like there's this like you know Dutch Clark was the star, you know Dutch Clark was the guy, but the, but but Press now was also the star. Yeah. You know, Presnell. Yeah. So when Dutch left in '33, Presnell was still there, and he was, and he it was he who became like when Dutch left, who like you know, okay, Dutch is gone, so now he's not the number one scoring quarterback, you know, number one scorer in the NFL. Now Glenn Presnell is, you know what I mean? It's so now he's the guy. So it's really Presnell's team for that one year, but so that's what I'm saying. Like the entire time, like. Dutch Clark was like this reluctant superstar. Like he's retiring every single year and they're going, please, Dutch, please come back. We're going to cut <laughs> half our team and give you all the money from the guys that we didn't pay to bring you back. That was you just, know, like we're gonna, was, that's which is probably the reason why they didn't bring half the guys is because they were using that money to pay the, the Dutch. They made Dutch the highest paid player in the NFL. Well, where do you think that money came from? From the guys they left behind. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, please, Dutch, we'll, we'll give you all the money we got. You know, like Dutch is the guy, right? But Presnell, Presnell was a, was a, was an elite athlete. He was an elite star in his own right. Yes. But Dutch was just that like Napoleonic, like you know, elite superstar player that just no matter, you know, no matter what Presnell did, Dutch was just the guy, you know, because like, you sometimes we have that reluctant superstar. People are like, oh, please, God, if Dutch could just come back one more year. And then there's Dutch <laughs> coming back to lead him to the next great year, you know, yep. like so, so but Presnell was there through the thick and thin from the very beginning. And he was there even basically before Dutch. Absolutely. Because he was in the Ironton tanks, which the Ironton tanks. Yep. Anybody wants to do some real, real NFL research? Start digging into the Ironton tanks. I want right? that shirt. I still yeah. want oh, yeah. that Jamie, shirt. We got to get Jamie a shirt with the Ironton tanks. There's the Ironton tanks jersey <laughs> oh, okay. up on the screen. Okay. So as I'm saying, the, you want to write some real football? Let's talk about the Ironton tanks. Okay. Yeah. Taking on the, this is a semi-pro team. All right. Some of these guys aren't even paid at all. Right. And, and this is a team that plays, they're, they're playing these games against the, um, this is, this is a time, this is in the, uh, you know, this is, I think it was 1929 or 1930. This is before he came to Portsmouth, of course. But Ironton's a very close team to Portsmouth. It's a very close city. And so here's Press now playing for Ironton. He's from the, you played at the University of Nebraska, right? He plays for the University of Nebraska, which is like the, that's a football, you know, oh, you know like, that's corn husker football territory. That's where football players, you know, the breadbasket of America come from, dude. You play for Nebraska? That's where, that's where, that's where Presnell comes from. And then he's playing for the Ironton Tanks, a semi-pro team. He's a quarterback for that team. And he beats as a semi-pro team. They're not even in the NFL. The NFL existed at that. NFL been around for 10 years at that point. And they're playing against the Ironton Tanks are playing against the Chicago Bears and the Giants. And he beats, I forget which one of them it was. Yeah. I think it was the, I think it was the, I think it was the Giants. And then they tied the Bears. I think that's what happened, but he beat one of them. I think it was the Giants. But anyways, and Presnell was their quarterback, right? 
And he's the, the Ironton Tanks quarterback. And I think in Ironton, the original stands from their field, just like in Portsmouth, right. they have the original stadium, which is an absolute architectural masterpiece. It is. But, but in Ironton, they still got, I believe, they still have the original bleachers, which were also a concrete bleachers, still there. Wow. All right. Somebody's so, got a crush. Oh, yeah. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a total, <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I'm a total, like, let's say, Glenn Pressnell. Like he, like I mean, that's my guy. Wait, you, I got the screenplay, Tom. Did I tell you I got the screenplay done for the movie? Yeah, well, uh, I yeah. show it to you. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Oh yeah, you know that. But anyways, Glenn Press now is one of my main characters. Of course, he's one of my main guys. Heck yeah. Well, you know where he died? Oh, oh. Ironton, Ohio. Oh, oh, did he really? He went back he, to Ironton. Really? He lived there. Wow. Oh, he was from, really. He, he, he wasn't born there. That's a but. That is a football but, player, but, man. But, but Damn, he, he went he back to him. Ironton. That is no, so that's, awesome. Ninety nine years he. Died and what Iron a great Town. name for a town! But you too. know, when, when you go to Portsmouth, yeah. Ironton is short for Iron Town. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's when so you go awesome. to Portsmouth, the, yeah. the people in Portsmouth all talk about the Ironton tank. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Le- legendary. That Ironton. Yeah. I'm saying you want to study some real football history, go look up the Ironton tanks. And there's not a lot about them. You're not going to find it all over the internet. No. The, the Ironton, to read about the Ironton tanks. You got to read it. You got to go to some some. There's there's a lot of books on the early history of football, and it's all like you know football in Ohio, football and you know like really the football in Ohio. There's I forgot the exact name, but there's a couple three books that talk about football in its earliest days in this books. You know what I mean? You don't you're not gonna find it on the internet. You might find some scraps of information, but the real you know you got to actually go to the books to see, to read about Ironton. You know what I mean? And it's like um. It's just a legendary. It really is like a legendary team. And Pressnell. So that's what I'm saying. When when Potsy's about to take over this team, when Potsy's about to take over this team in 1931, and he's like, "Oh, we need some. You know, we need. You know, I'm about to rebuild this team and bring in 19 new guys." And they're like, "This team in Ironton's got this guy Pressnell. You got to bring him here. You know, and yep. you know he hits the he hits the jackpot on Dutch Clark, but he's got Dutch and Glenn Pressnell, and that's what I'm saying. I just I love I love Press, man. I love his, his nickname is Press. Well, he's very, he's very famous. Uh, yeah. in Ohio, in Ohio, there in yeah. Portsmouth. Uh, I want this movie to make. Pre- I want so that do you movie, remember? Movie was, to make Press was he part of back. your interviews? What did you get no, some no, tape on he, him? I no, I I told you that. So he, he left early. Table. He left early. He oh, had, okay. He had problems. Yeah, and also the the very next day, well, he uh, wishes he could have because yeah, at, at, yeah, at, at, at the reunion he he left. But also, I'd like to tell you at the reunion we had a surprise guest. Ooh, okay. this is a great part. This is a great story. Yeah, yeah. This is. Have great. any idea yeah. who the guest might have no, been? No, now I didn't. Get, Jamie has no I, idea. Yeah, no <laughs> chance. I'll, I'll get I wouldn't have had any chance either if I didn't know already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you have no idea who it is. Yeah, this the, is a great uh, the reunion. A boxer. No. Nope. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. The reunion was on Saturday. Okay. And the Lions played the next day at home. Okay. I'll give you some hints. The team stayed in the hotel, which I did not know was the Miami Dolphins. Now, who was the coach of the Miami Dolphins? Because the Lions were playing the Dolphins in that game. In 1985. Because uh, did he open a steakhouse in that exact hotel? What was his name? Don Shula. That's correct. <laughs> yes. Nailed Did, it. Was there? We talked Nailed about it earlier. It, you, we talked about Damn. it earlier. Okay. Wasn't there a Don Shula in the the the, the same hotel later? Well, uh, the restaurant I think yeah. is Shula Steakhouse. Shula Steakhouse in that but, restaurant later, in that hotel later. Do you know how Don Shula got into question, his professional like career? No, no, no. He was they a Detroit Lion. Oh my God! Okay, like uh, George uh, George Wilson hired Don Shula. Oh, all yeah, right. Don Shula was a defensive and, coach and for he, the Lions, oh, right. defensive coordinator. And he was back the, in the surprise. 60s. He was the surprise yeah. guest. And if you notice the men, uh, the menu there, yeah, that his name was not on there. He uh, was a surprise guest. Yeah. He came down. The speaker was speaking at the podium, and everybody was in shock. 
Don Shula took over, and he praised the Lions of mm. unbelievable what he said. And he mentioned Portsmouth. He mentioned Dutch Clark. He mm. mentioned them all. So Don Shula gives yeah. the really the the signature address of the Golden Huddle, and nobody knew it. Nobody uh. and nobody's ever heard this story. You know what I mean? Nobody's heard the story of this Golden Huddle where there's all these players come here. You know, they what? Where was the whole? Where was it at? Was it the Marriott? So, no, Northfield, uh, Hilton. Northfield, Northfield Hilton. Northfield Hilton. I'm sorry, Northfield Hilton is where the is where the event took place. And um, you know you got Don Shula talking at this thing. Who in, in 1985? I was shocked. That, that was Dan Marino. I think they went to the Super Bowl in 85 with Dan Marino. Was a that was Dan Marino rookie? No, 85 was the Bears. I'm sorry. No, 85 they played the. Uh, it was the Patriots. But Mar- what year did Marino? Uh, well, Marino that, was right about that time that Marino. You know, he, he took Marino to the Super Bowl too. But he was already a yeah, Hall of Fame coach yeah. by that point. But he he talked about Portsmouth and he looked at the at the players and and he just yeah. he just was thanked. The whole team, uh, the Lions organization, for hiring him. Ironically, on George Wilson, he was the last player to play without a helmet. He he grew up in. Uh, he was stayed in Dearborn on Garrison Street. We had a store across the street, and George Wilson used to come into the shop all the time in the fifties and talk about football and the champions. Yeah, and I thought I'd bring that and up. And where? How about where? Where was the you know Buddy Parker for the nineteen fifty coach of the nineteen fifties Lions? Where did he get his start? Well, 1935 he, Lions. He, he was, was a rookie on, on the 35 Lions. That, that's, that's absolutely yeah. Correct. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. that's one of the things I talk about. To, you know, that, that, you know, I talk about whenever I get it. You know, I'm gonna talk with Lions fans and stuff like this. Um, is about you know, like people are like, oh, the Lions are terrible. The Lions are failures or whatever. Blah, blah blah blah. Right. But if you look at some of these teams, right? You look at some of these teams like Pittsburgh, like Chicago, like the Bears. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, the Packers, um, and even like the Vikings and that. All of these teams have a certain like it's a continuity of of like a um a, a winning culture, a winning like a winning culture, and it's like in a lot of times it's like it's this continuity that carries on from decade to decade to decade. Like the Vikings, they've had this continuity since like the Purple People Eaters of the seventies. Like they've been competitive ever since. Yeah. The Packers, they've had this continuity all the way back since the nineteen thirties, right? And it's like, and then you've got the Bears, same thing. This continuity like this. And if the Lions began that continuity in the 30s, they had, you know, when the Lions first came in, they were incredibly awesome. You know what I mean? They were winning their first 10 games. They didn't give up a point for seven straight games. And then in 35, they win the whole damn thing. They beat the Bears. They beat the Packers. They run everybody out of the building. And then in the 50s, you got Buddy Parker, who's a, one of the, who was a star in the 1935 mm. championship game. And he comes and he becomes the coach of the Lions in the 50s. And he brings that continuity. And that continuity, they're the awesome in the 50s. Yeah. They win three championships in the 50s. They're one of the most, they're one of the most toughest teams in the 50s. And then that continuity, there's a there's a separation. You see what I'm saying? Like there was a disconnect between that point and the way that really what what it is now. And I'm not I'm trying to not trying to say that I know everything about how or why that disconnect happened. But what I'm saying is is there is more to a team. There is more to a team. There's more to a franchise than just like buying a bunch of players. Oh, this guy's good. This guy's good. Whatever. Like this. It's about establishing like a like like the, like I say this like a a. It's about establishing the sense of continuity that, that stretches over the course, tapping into your legacy, tapping into your legacy. And let me just say this, all right? Maybe this is one of the things I'm trying to talk about, why the importance of the 1935 season, okay? One of the reasons why this story is important, because you know what? You talk to any Lions fan out there and anybody that's watching this show, go ask your local Lions fan, right? Go ask your local Lions fan what was the first year 
that the Detroit Lions won their first champion. What was the year that the Lions won their first championship? 99% of them will have no idea that it was 1935, right? So how, let me just ask a question to finish off this thought. How can you have continuity as a, as an organization, as a franchise or anything like this, if you don't even know the first championship of your team or where that team came from, how they got here, what made them great, what made them great in the 1950s, meaning Buddy Parker definitely took a few lessons from Patsy Clark. Oh, yeah. Definitely took a few lessons from Patsy Clark. That's that continuity, a continuity and culture for the entire families. And I'm not trying to, you know, like say, you know, talk bad about fans or whatever, like, oh, you don't know about the 35 season, so you're, you know, so that's, you know, you're, that's your problem. What I'm trying to say is, what if this is the time, right? To, to bring back this sense, like I say, this continuity of culture that stretches back from the earliest days of Lions, carried on through the 50s, and maybe at one point it was severed, but what if embracing this story, what if embracing like the, the you know, like what made the Lions great in the first place is, you know, under, like the, the whole, just the basic concept of history is knowing where you came from in order to understand who you are, yeah. right? And that is the missing ingredient of what will take the Lions to the next NFL championship. So, Tom, you gave That's me a theory, right? two. Yeah, hey, give me a little bit of credit. You got brother. it, man. Well, I just went on a little rant. Sure. Give me something here, Matt. Give me something. So, yeah, Ruger. Oh, Matt missed Ruger. it, man. I just went on a rant. Tom, so, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie <laughs> no, what, what what I just gave to you? I turned your I, mic somebody down. Comment. Can people somebody, can people can see him. Can somebody so. comment that in was, and tell me it was a nice the, little rant. That I, I had. went to both as a kid. I went to both of those games. Oh, you do you have and I have the original. I have the and I have the original things, but. This was the cover of the uh, of the fifty seven of the, their magazines, right. and that was the very first one. That was fifty three. Right. I just looked that up. Talking about programs, yeah. When the nineteen thirty two World Championship game was played in Chicago, they had a fire on the eve of the game, Ooh. and the programs got burned <gasps> and scorched, and a, one or two survived, and somebody paid ten thousand dollars for a scorched program. And there's two or three left. And I looked it up on the internet. The program is offered at fifty thousand dollars. Jeez, that's wow. it. <laughs> fifty. Wow. So is that a that's copy it? of the cover? Is that what you're showing us? No, that was the copy of. By the, the cover. way, these things. What we need to leave these with Jamie, right? Because we can mm. take some pictures of these and we can put them up. On, so we don't have to. So we don't have to bootleg these things up in front of the camera like this. We can actually I, I show get, it. Yeah, I, I took pictures of okay, them real good. quick. All right, I got There's you. a little shadow well, on it. We can load these up and actually one. make it look sharp on yeah. the picture. You know what I mean? Uh, so we don't have to like, you know, like last second these things. So if you leave these, especially, are you coming back yeah. next week, Tom? Well, sure. Uh, you come back in like, what like what next month, is, what, Randy, you? This is all I have Let's introduce Randy real quick. Yeah, yeah, Randy, yeah. Jump on the mic real quick. Randy's been Randy's been here the whole time. We didn't even introduce him. Yeah, while you're situated, Charles, I got to tell you, when you go on your rants and I love your rants i actually have to bring your microphone down because you get so animated and your voice starts to yeah, go up a couple and everybody that knows me that's watching this the show engineer. they know yeah. it too so tom knows it too and now randy he knows it too yeah i'm paying attention back here my friend i got right, you good. i'm okay. just saying i solved the line i may have solved the problem with the lions that's like <laughs> this will be on like every 
you know, this is this show is the most talked about show in Detroit right now. Right, you know, right. Maybe everybody's like, hold on a second, yeah. we got a Tom needs another bottle of water or something like yeah. something like some rant. You know, like he's like, oh come on, man, like give me. A, uh, I want to know if my rant was correct play, or not yeah, correct. You know, or what's you know the when feedback? you play pool, you're behind the eight ball. I'm behind you right now. Yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. So, so Randy, 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 introduce Randy real quick, man. Aunt Randy brought Tom in here, and Randy just came in. Where did you, where did you find from Colorado? I did. I'm from Colorado. Was up welcome, my welcome, son. Randy. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Um, actually, but I do live cl- local. Tom's my neighbor, and uh, I got to tell you, I, I've never met anybody that knows more about the history of he sports in the city of Detroit. He loves it. Yep. I mean, he's a walking legend. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, we're but we're just glad we're glad to have you. We're glad you guys came into the studio because we were talking about maybe doing a Zoom thing or whatever. And um, we're really how long are you here for? Oh, and actually, I live here. So, oh, I, oh, you're back. So you're actually I, back. I, I, okay. I thought you were just back. Oh, no. now, yeah, now I get it. You're his neighbor. Yep, yep. I got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, by, um, the, by the way, his son has your book. Tell him uh, the centerpiece of an Ohio, Andrew. Tell oh, him. yeah. So I had a son that moved out to Colorado. Tom bought him your book, The City of yeah, Champions. Yeah. I told him it's the conversation piece. That's what we love. Yeah, you, you want in to, his condo. It sits right there on the coffee table. And I appreciate that compliment. But you, you want to know the greatest compliment that I agree. Not not saying that that compliment yeah. wasn't great because it was. And I appreciate it. it's on the coffee table to talk about book. It's great. But you want to know what the best compliment that I ever got with my book? Right. This is like my second year of selling books. This is back in like 2009 or 10, something like that. <laughs> I don't remember what the second year was, but it was somewhere <laughs> around there. Anyways, this person comes up to me and they say. They're like, I've seen that book before. I, mean, I was selling books, right? And the person comes up to this table and they go, I've seen that book before. And I'm like, oh, okay. No, you know what it was? I was at a bar. I was at a bar and I was showing somebody <laughs> on my phone, I think, that I was like, yeah, that's my book. Or no, you know what it was? I gave my mini book. Because back then I had, instead of a business card, I had miniature version of the book. It was like a little stapled, like five book Jamie? thing. And if anybody has a mini book, like down the road, these, I'm about to make these things worth millions because there's hardly, there was like my original business card, which is these miniature books. Mm. Anyways. So I gave somebody a miniature book at a bar and said, this is what I do, right? And, that, and the person says, oh, my God, I've seen this book, right? And they're, they're thinking about it. They're like, where have I seen this book before? And then he says, it's in my friend's bathroom, right? <laughs> he goes, it's in my friend's bathroom. It's, I've seen it on his toilet. <laughs> it's on the back of his toilet. And he goes, and then all of a sudden he's like, Goes, oh, I'm sorry, you know, like he's like, you know, he was in a lost in thought trying to remember where he had seen the book, and then he was just being honest until I saw it in his friend's toilet. And I go, no, no, that's the greatest compliment I've ever been given. Absolutely, I, said, I was like, you're my book is a bathroom reader. I'm like every person. I guess one thing to be a coffee table book, but it's a like when it's in the bathroom. Here's something the world has that's never something seen. That's that people Joe are Lewis's reading. You know what I mean? That's people that, that every person goes to the so. Anyways, that's that's my that's that's I think that's that's I've told that people before. I don't need a Pulitzer Prize. Jack, Jack Dempsey, but you tell me Joe I'm Lewis a bathroom was my reader. Best friend. I don't know what else. There's nothing else. I there's no other boxes I got to cross. I don't need gold uh-huh. stickers. Like, I don't need any of that. It's a Charles, reader. you said Charles, you it said was you the do. program hold on, hold uh, when I went what? to the event. Hold on, and uh, Jack Dempsey was in the ring, and Joe Lewis. Uh, Joe, that's Joe Lewis. He couldn't read or write in '49. It's all in circles. Wow. The story on that autograph is is beyond your imagination. Yeah, so he's got the yeah. Uh, where'd you get those? Where'd you get? Did you get those? You went to Caesar's Palace, didn't you? No, well, no, I got that when I was eight years old in 1949, and then I met Lewis at Caesar's Palace, and we talked about that. That I, might be something we can bring back for Joe yeah. Lewis when we do that. Yeah, episode. Jamie, where are your? Can white we hold clubs? on any of these, Tom? Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I, I, this is all I got. I, I'll make you a make copy. some copies, yeah. So, yeah, especially this is some of the great. stuff so we can so we, so we can know what what you, when to bring you back yeah, for some. I'm of this very stuff. proud of what I've done. A lot of people have never seen here. 
it, to get something into That's Cooper's a... to get something into Cooperstown. Yeah, yeah. I, I did that. That's so you had the Football Hall of Fame yeah. note there, and you have something for Probably Cooperstown. Not many people have ever seen that as that's well. The Baseball Hall of Fame and well, museum. the Charlie Ganger vi- uh, thing. donations, and that's another thing we want to bring Tom back. And I wish we would have brought you in here for our, when we because we did like fourteen episodes. What episode is this? Nineteen? Charlie Ganger, seventeen. Interview, yeah, he was oh, a, it's not. what? A, what is seventeen? Your math is incorrect. Seventeen. Last year he was eighteen. This is seventeen. Maybe my math is wrong. <laughs> All right, Charlie Ganger. Are you guys both sure I, about that? I went. No. Many, no, many, you're not many, sure. I got it written uh, down somewhere. I went with many, many stories. I think my math is right. You guys are wrong. He was one heck of a player. He was yeah. from Fowlerville, Michigan. But yeah, uh, oh really? But Tom's got an okay. interview with the Fowlerville Flash. Yeah, one of the things we want to talk. Well, one of the things we want to bring in is is Tom's interview with Charlie Garinger. Oh, Char- Tom interviewed Charlie freaking Garinger. I want to. I want to. We if we can play. I'd be honored That's if you let us play it's a little bit. Oh, it's on here too. That's his interview with Garinger. But I'm saying like for like maybe when we're done with the Golden Huddle because I want to focus. We can revisit. We can revisit the Lions now. Never yeah. get the attention That's amazing, that they deserve. Tom. Yeah, I, I can't wait to, since, to since share a few of these. Since we're talking about sports, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have any idea? I'm going to show you something that many people I did I'm not know. Looking this. up what episode we're on, by the way. We're on episode. I do I do like gladiator movies? So bring it. Episode seventeen. <laughs> there was a, the there was a episode seventeen. There was, there was That's a what I said. I said eighteen. You said sixteen. Did you? All right. Winston Jewelers. Is okay. it recorded? <laughs> he started a basketball team. Uh huh. They were called the Detroit Gems. The Detroit Gems. All right. Have what year was this? Forty six. You said. 19, yeah, this is a great right. fact. Tom's the one that told me about this. Yeah. Nineteen forty six. Right, get up. Get up closer. Give me. Um, give me the story. Nineteen. Well, we are, we're not on the air. Yeah, we, we are. are. Oh yeah, we're still, yeah we are. I just took my headphones off. We're still. <laughs> we're still cooking, uh, well, man. We were not on the air. We're, there's all I'm, kinds I'm, of crazy stuff. So my hometown. So we're on the air. Nineteen forty six. All right. This jeweler started a uh, basketball team called Detroit Gyms. They played oh. at Olympia. They had a bad year, though. Okay. They won four and lost 46. Ooh. A company came, a franchise came from Minneapolis, and they wanted to buy the franchise to get into the National Basketball Association. Right. NBA. The yeah. Gyms. Yeah, they took right. the team from the Detroit Gyms, and they took them to Minneapolis. And what did they call them? The Minneapolis. The Lakers. The Lakers. Did I get it right, Tom? That's right. Yes, oh. I did. Are that the Lakers? Lakers? This is the is that, actual story. The Minneapolis Lakers. And did, now, did that become the L.A. Lakers? It, yes, it did. And that's what the team the, went out to and L.A. They and they just, started here? So they, they started in Detroit. The, the Detroit Lakers out of the city. Detroit, yeah. De- Dearborn, Michigan. They yeah. started in Dearborn. But here's the question. Is that the, the season that the, that, the, that the Gems had was so bad that it qualified the Minneapolis Lakers for the first overall draft pick? Oh, the guy that they got was, Tom, do you know? Mikan? George Mikan, wow. <laughs> number one overall, who at the time was like so the if, greatest basketball player that, that ever lived. I know we're getting a little bit off the base. But I'm saying yeah, George no, Mikan. Fun. So that's how George Mikan went out they, to L.A. and was the their Detroit first turned the center. ball over to Minneapolis. Oh, so that's a yeah, and nice now, that formal team photo. Just, with the Lakers just winning won, their division. Yeah, they've yeah. Now won tied, their championship. They've, top, they've tied the Celtics. They're, they've won 17 world yeah. championships in the, Cel- uh, the Lakers and the 17th. So it's a yeah. tie. But George Mikan, but because of the – $15,000. But because of the Gems – Awful season that got the got, that got the pick. Lakers. George George Mikan is like the original superstar, he right? Was like the first superstar of the NBA, and so George Mikan when he played for the Minneapolis Lakers, then he went to the Los Angeles Lakers, and he became like the first like LA Lakers you know superstar. So that's how. So yeah, the Lakers are like you know literally came from Detroit. Tom, you, he's got like two binders full of stuff, and yeah. he just keeps pulling them out. Oh, Gordy, okay, right who's, on, who, who's and Wayne. Little, 
Yep, that's Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. That's, that's the only sports picture in history where the little kid beat the champion in goals. Ah. Only picture ever taken. Oh, where you mean the kid ended up coming he, back he to was He was 12 years old. There was the yeah. – how had the record. Well, we got to show the viewers so they know what yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a copy of a copy, but yeah. – uh, yeah, that's that that's that cool famous too. picture of uh, Gordy yeah. and, and Gretzky yep. uh, when when uh, Gretzky was like a, a eleven or twelve years old. Yep. So anyways, that's Tom, amazing. Who was your favorite player from the Lions? Who's your favorite player? I just Bobby, told you mine. Bobby Lane and I had the but, opportunity. Yeah, I know. Mine was Barry Sanders, but we're talking about thirty-five Lions. Thirty-five, probably eight Kushner. I mean, not eight uh, players. Ernie Cadell, Cadell. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say Cadell, Dutch. It could have been my couple favorites. I, I got to tell you a story. If you look at nineteen thirty-four, Chuck Bernard. Oh, he's. Oh, yeah. We talked about him already. Well, yeah. I went to school. I with, met his son, Chuck Bernard I, Jr. I went to school with his daughter. Oh, okay. And she yeah. graduated Edsel Ford High School in there, and uh, his dad. Uh, his dad came into Laurel Park the other day. Yeah. I was talking about Laurel Park. Yeah. So well, it, uh, it, it, he mom. died at a very young age. So Night Train Lane was your favorite. Uh, is that who you met? Oh, no, he's, his favorite was Bobby eight, Lane as a well, player. Bobby Lane. When he was talking about six. I'm like, that's cop up, man. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Barry Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane. When I played football, we're talking about 35. <laughs> Did they call him Night Train Lane? Is that was that? But he was well, in the 60s. He was in the 60s. But that's the, you well, said that was favorite, your favorite lion. No, no, my two favorite lions were Dolk Walker and, and Bobby Lane. All right. Yeah. When I matter of fact, I had a. I used to put Bobby Lane on one shoulder pad. And uh, <laughs> I wasn't very good. I was always uh, in the emergency room. Uh, who's your guys' uh, favorite players? Who's your favorite? Uh, Let me tell you. Randy? Sports ball. No? Can I also Matt, tell you? who's your favorite Lions players? Yeah. Right, right now? However. Uh, well, Barry is up there pretty Yeah, Barry's high. number one yeah, for me. Yeah. Barry's yeah. up there pretty high. He was, he was great. Who's your favorite? Oh, my God, yeah. You know, my I favorite? Other favorite besides Barry. We all got Barry. Calvin. Mm. Calvin Johnson? Yeah. I like Benny Blades. Uh, let me go Benny back Blades. To, let me Who's go back that, who all knows about Benny Blades out there? Let, let, me go back, let me go back to the 35 game uh, when they played. Uh, uh, when Abe Kushner told me that the when he went in to see them, they were playing the Giants. It was a very cold day. Matter of fact, that... The crowd that showed up at Titan Stadium was fifteen thousand. That was the lowest crowd to ever watch a, in yeah, a, a, a yeah. crowd. It was a bad day. But Age said they walked in and there's uh he knew Dutch Clark personally and he knew Aid Kushner. He knew them all. Their main concern was they wanted that broadcast to get back to Portsmouth on the championship game. Yeah. There was only one radio station in Portsmouth, it was WPA. Let me ask you a question. Let yes, me ask you a question, Tom. Have you ever seen the 1935 Lions play. <laughs> I'm old, but I no, I'm not. No, I know I'm not saying in person. I'm not, I'm not going to say you're 80 years old. But the the, the Lions season was in 35. That was yeah. what 90 years. That I was, was 85 in, years ago. I was born in. 41. That was before your time. Right. But I'm, on the video, I know, I know you weren't there to watch them play live. I know that. I'm not. <laughs> Have you seen the video? I, I'm, a, I, I'm not a math. He's a time traveler. Where I'm is he? A, he rolled up in a, a DeLorean, math, man. I'm not a math genius, but I know at one. You did not see the DeLorean. He rolled up enough to remember. You know, to remember the season. What I'm saying is. Is that since 1935, right? There's been people that have archived 1935 Lions footage yeah. since that time. There's have some great stuff seen, to see. No, I have. Have you seen? First of all, I just want to say this: the 1933 Portsmouth Spartans, the 1931 Portsmouth Spartans, Potsy Clark wearing the leather jacket. There's some cool stuff. Yeah. 1935 NFL Championship game. 1936 Lions with the banner of the 1935 World Champions flying from cool a flagpole. We've showed all of this thus far on this show. Yeah, yeah. All right? And so what I'm saying is, you, Tom, is whether it's on the next show well, soon. or whether it's prior to the show. Randy, maybe you can set them up with some of this stuff. But what I'm saying is this. Send you the link. Is that may, you may have not known. And this is – I'm actually wanting for like an honest reaction, like a look in Tom's face. That's what I'm looking for right now. Is that Tom – 
when you leave here tonight, maybe this is like a special guest, like a, like a, a special prize, so to speak, when you go home tonight, between now and the next show, you get, I'm going to show you how you can see as much Detroit Lions, Portsmouth Spartans footage of these players as you can want to ever great. want to watch. Wow. But he was there in the middle of saying so something. much. There is so much footage out there it that is. has been collected on the internet, well, on the YouTube. God, right. I'm going to show that. you how to watch it. And then it next is. week when you come back, I want to know what your thoughts are. Because that for is. me, when I first saw it, it was almost like a tear being shed, actually yeah. watching these players well, in person. Let, let me tell you something that the players told uh, me that not nobody ever knew. And Abe Kushner told me. All right, we're going to wrap it with this. Oh, what is it? Yeah, let's no, no, up. come on. What, what is it? it? When, they, when they played the championship game in 1935, the Portsmouth players put little P's under their jerseys. Yeah, uh-huh. to remember Portsmouth, yeah. To remember the players left behind. Yeah. Oh, wow. Their hearts were in Portsmouth. Their mind was on the field. Sure. That's it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm, I'm so glad you came in, Tom. Tom because, yeah. Like, thank you so much for being connect, here. Because we're bringing in, the, we're talking about the Lions and City Champion season, but Tom is like bringing us back because oh, like, he, yeah. he's reminding us that these players came from Portsmouth. And this was a, the transition from Portsmouth to Detroit. Spartan shirt on That's, you're close. Wrong Spartan. You're close. <laughs> you're getting there. But that, but that transition, it was not easy. And it certainly to this day is, is something that's remembered by Portsmouth. And remembered as something that was like, I mean, it was kind of, it was traumatic for them to lose their NFL team. That is. Well, so you're, you're bringing us back to that, po- that and, point. And, I'm glad and also, it, uh, Portsmouth is still an NFL team because Art Rooney, when I talked to him, he mentioned Portsmouth and so did George Hallis. Yeah. They got the stadium ready to go. I would, if, hey, if I was running the Lions, let me just say this, right? I got my secondary project where I'm trying to do something with the Tigers or whatever, but give me a chance down the road. Am I ever have a chance the Lions ever look for some advice from me? Right? The Ryan's ever looks from the race to me. You know what I'm going to tell him? Take the, t- play a game in Portsmouth. That's it. Ooh, go back yeah, to your you roots. Go. Here's the thing the stadium might only hold like what? What do you think it holds? 5,000? Well, fun. I think it could hold a little bit more. Okay. You know, I, but here's the I, thing. I ran that but how, how freaking cool? How, how awesome? How cool would it be to have an NFL game in the original, like in this cool. original 1930s uh, stadium yep. that is in perfect condition? How freaking cool would that be? That even would be if it was awesome. just, even if it was like an exhibition sure. game. Sure. Right, it would be the coolest thing. It'd be like it'd be like Field of Dreams. It'd be we like got We got We got to pull the plug on it, though, yeah. guys. Yeah, absolutely. Pull it. So we'll be, more we got good. Tom. That's what I'm saying. Tom, you got to come back. Tom. Yeah, He's I know. Come there's back. just there's We're no just stopping. scratching the surface, man. <laughs> uh, thank Tom. Thanks so much yeah. for for being here and, and You're sharing. You're entirely welcome. It's, it's uh, I'm looking forward to more. I follow this 35. Yeah. Uh, I was honored, you know. Tom's to got think- the 35 shirt on right yeah. now, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, if, if you're listening, uh, if you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe, <laughs> put a like, leave a comment. It, all of it helps, and uh, we appreciate each and everybody. It is uh, Detroit City of Champions, the podcast. We'll see you next time.